Talitha Kumai. Arise. You know, rest is a very important thing for this church, and I speak about rest all the time. And, and many of you have read the book, and you really have decided, man, I really want to live in this life of rest, because in rest, you, you are very peaceful, you're not stressed, you don't have heart attack, you know. And if you want your year to be a year of incredible rest, and this is a good year to start, you know. And when you're absolutely in rest, you will also experience amazing miracles. God himself will intervene in your life. He'll bring you peace. He will bring you joy and miracles and all kinds of signs and wonders you will see when you learn how to rest. And many of us desire to be in that place of rest. We try to be in that place of rest. We try to cultivate the, place, uh, the, the lifestyle of rest, but we feel like we can't do it. We feel that like we've always been pushed around or forced by our circumstances to get out of rest. We want rest, but we don't know how to rest. The reason many of us do not know how to rest is because many don't realize that rest requires one very important ingredient in our lives. In our lives. That rest lifestyles require one very important thing. is faith. Without faith, you can never able to be at rest. Without faith, it is impossible to rest. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in the goodness of God. Faith in the word of God. What he says is true. What he promises will come to pass. We have to have faith. You know, for example, say you've decided that you, you've, after the Sunday service, you've decided you want to go and have a lifestyle of rest. You say, Father, I'm just not going to worry about anything anymore. I'm just going to rest in you. I'm going to believe in you to provide for my finances, provide for my health, provide for my, my supplies, my job, provide me with a handsome husband or a beautiful wife. I'm just going to believe in you. For, I'm just going to strive and contend for I'm just going to rest. Let's say you've decided, for example, you know, you just want to do that, you know, and you don't believe in God that he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You're just going to rest in him, you know. And then you drive out of the parking lot, boom, TTC hits you. You know, they, they tend to do that sometimes, you know. And uh, somebody in our church got hit by TTC, you know, his car. And, uh, they, you know, it's taking him forever just to recover. And, you know, it's pretty nasty to get hit by one of those big, big bus, right? And, uh, you know, and then, how, and then you got yourself out of rest. Or, or, or perhaps, you know, not, nothing that severe, you know, you get out of the 401, you know, and you start driving and somebody cut in front of you and scrape your car, you know, and you're all upset you got out of rest. It feels like circumstances is forcing you out of rest. Or if everything is fine, you know, you have a restful Sunday, you know, Monday morning you walk into your boss office and say, hey, this is your last day here. Well, how do you stay in rest? There is always circumstances, issues, things happening around us that want to get us out of rest. But if you do not, if you have faith, then you're going to learn about it today. Then you learn how to rest. Because if you don't have faith, 
There will be voices and thoughts and ideas that are trying to take your rest away from you or to try to rob your rest from you, and you will not be rest, rested. It is impossible to rest if we have no faith. So, from this week onwards, starting next, you know, from this week onwards to, to, uh, uh, and to the next few weeks, I want to speak on this topic of faith. Because if you are going to rest this year, you need to have faith. You may have heard of some principles that I'm going to share, but oh, let's, let's listen to me. Sometimes when a preaching like that happens, it's not for the purpose of imparting knowledge. It's not for the purpose of getting you know something more. And you may know something more. There may be new revelation. And they always come. But the preaching of the word of God is not necessarily just to impart knowledge. The preaching of the word of God is to do what? So that you can hear the word of God. Why is that important? Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. How we're going to help to build your faith is to talk faith, talk the word of God, then your faith can be built. You're sitting here, many of most of you are born again. You believe in Jesus. You, 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 you give your life to Jesus. It's because somebody preached the gospel to you at some time. You heard it. Then you got the faith and you believe it. But if nobody have ever told you anything about Jesus, you may have heard rumors or movies or whatever, it wouldn't do anything for you. It needs preaching of the word of God so that you can have the faith. Now in context, when Paul is quoting, you know, faith come by hearing the word of God, he was talking about challenging the people in the church as I'm challenging you today is that we need to go and preach the gospel because if nobody preached the gospel, nobody will hear the gospel. If nobody can hear the gospel, how, you know, how are they going to have faith? And therefore faith come by hearing, hearing the word of God. That's why he encourages believers to go out there and just preach the gospel. Don't preach religion, don't preach church, preach the goodness of God, how God can be so forgiving, how he's such a merciful God, how he's such a gracious God, and he loves everybody, he died for everyone, this is the gospel we have to preach. But generally speaking, your faith will come when you hear a good faith preaching of the word of God. And that's what I'm doing is to preach the word of God, to preach faith into you, you know, and, and you know, the world understand that. The world understands that many people today, they don't believe in God anymore because they hear another gospel. A gospel of the world, a gospel of money, a gospel of everything. And because they keep hearing it, and that's why they believe what they hear. You see, the worldly system you, you and I are living in, it's really difficult for some of, for people to actually believe in God because they constantly would be bombarded with everything that is opposing to the Word of God, from the news, to the, to the movies, to the songs, to conversation, to classes you go to, to the education system. It's like a constant, constant preaching of what is opposing to the Word of God. And before you know it, people start to believe what they hear. Because it's a constant preaching of whatever that is opposing to God into their ears. Do you know that doubt in God is actually faith itself? Do you realize that doubt is faith? Let me explain. When you doubt God, what you're doing is you're believing something that is opposing to what the Bible says. 
Are you here this morning? Let's say if you doubt, you know, you say, I don't, I, I can't believe God is real. Why? Because you, have, you are now believing of what other people told you about what God is in another narrative. Your doubting God is actually a faith in something else. So faith alone itself is not important, but faith, we will talk more about that. But the world has succeeded in hijacking the media, hijacking the educational system, hijacking whatever. So everywhere you go to, everywhere you turn to, they're saying the same thing. And so these days especially, is that you can believe whatever you want. That's why you have this thing called fake news. You can believe in whatever you want to believe in, and then you can turn to those channels and keep reinforcing that whatever belief system you have. But if you choose to believe the God you serve is real, then you switch channel, and you put your time, you spend time in allowing the word of God being spoken to you every day. Unfortunately, believers, not only they don't hear God's word every day, they don't even hear God's words once a week. It's a struggle for them to come to church. And then they spend the rest of the time allowing the world to tell them about everything. The one that they have no faith in God. Have you noticed that a lot of believers just they have no faith in God? Well, don't blame the church. Don't blame God. Don't even blame the media and the world. Just look at the schedule. Look at how much time they allow things being spoken to them that is contrary to the faith coming into the ears. And they allow very little, a very, very little opportunity of the word of God being spoken to them. What I do here is to speak faith. What I'm hoping to do is that by the time we finish, you have more faith. And that this year you have faith, you have increased faith, you have higher, bigger faith to believe in God for bigger things. You know, there was this, uh, this, this fellow, you know, he had an orphanage in, in Europe, you know, in England. And uh, he said that, you know, he's had a, one of the largest orphanages in the world. And uh, he said that when he was young, he could believe he could, he, he needed all the faith he got to believe in God for a dollar. That was a lot back in his days. But you know, by the time he was in his 60s, he said that I could easily believe in God for a million dollars. How did it happen? Well, this person's faith grew. How did he grow? Because he's constantly allowing the word of God, building up his faith. And whereas most Christians, you know, if they believe in God for a dollar 20 years ago, they're still struggling believing God for one dollar today. Why? Because they're allowing the system of the world to constantly convince them of their faith in the system of the world as opposed to faith in their God, in his word, in his promises. So, what we're going to do in the, next few, in the next few weeks is we're going to teach about faith. Now, one of the most fundamental scriptures on faith teaching can be found in Mark chapter 11. So, we're going to go to it right now. Mark chapter 11, I'm going to start with verse 22. Okay? So, let me set it up before we start uh, the, the reading. So, Jesus, he and his disciples, they were on their way to Jerusalem, to the temple of God. And Jesus was walking on the road. And he felt hungry. And so he went over to a fig tree. He thought he would get some figs to eat. And below and behold, there was no food on the tree. And so Jesus was upset, and he cursed the tree. 
How many of you ever been to those, you know, you, you, you're really hungry, you've been invited to a dinner, and uh, especially those wedding dinner, you know, some go to culture wedding dinner, they don't stop on time, start on time. So you're hungry, you're super hungry, and then they're taking the sweet old time to bring the food out. That's why I'm not too crazy about going to a French restaurant, you know, because if you're hungry, you do not go to a French restaurant. You know, you'll be suffering there because they're, 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 you know, you sit down, you make your order, right? I mean, they'll, they'll, you order your food and you're so hungry. And then, and then after like 20 minutes, they come up with this little soup for you. And it, it, it would take you like 10 seconds just to devour it. <laughs> what happened to my food? And it would take you another 20 minutes to get you a little bowl of salad. And you're thinking, I ordered lamb chop, man. Where's my lamb chop? And you're hungry, you're grouchy, you're not in the mood, right? So Jesus was hungry. He was really hungry, and so he thought, okay, I'm going to go to the fig tree and get me some fruit, uh, fruits to eat to, 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 to quench my hunger. And he went, there's no food. And so Jesus cursed the tree, and then they walk away from it. Next day, they came back to the tree to pass by the tree again, and boom, the tree was all dead. Peter was startled. It's like, oh, Jesus, this is amazing. And so Jesus answered him the following, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Let me stop you here. Do you know that if you want to have faith to see miracles, signs, and wonder, the first thing you must have is to have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. Come on, let's do it again. Have faith in God. You know, a lot of Christians have faith in the church more than they have faith in God. A lot of people have faith in the system than they have faith in God. Many people have faith in preachers more than they have faith in God. Hello, are you here? They look for preachers to pray for healing for them as opposed to going directly to God themselves. The Bible says we have to have faith in God. If you want to have miracles in your life, you have to have faith in God first. I'm not saying don't have faith in the rest of the stuff, but have faith in God first. That is your foundation of faith. Without faith in God, everything else is just, it's just not firm. Your foundation ought to be in God. So the first thing you have to have is have faith in God. I know a lot of people, they travel half the world just to meet some men of God. The Bible says God is right in front of them. It's everywhere. It's in their heart. And yet they don't believe it. They think the man of God is more powerful than God himself. Let me go and have this pastor to pray for me. Shaka, you know. They have faith in man more than they have faith in God. They have faith in the man of God more than they have faith in God. And some people have faith in, um, in a lot of the religious things that we do. They have faith in the religious rigmarole. They have more faith than they have faith in God. Like the Pharisees in Jesus' days, you know, and Jesus rebuked them. Jesus said, you know, you have faith more on, 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 on your own commands, on your own tradition, than you have faith in me. You have faith in everything else but God. Your heart is far away from me, but your faith is in everything else. Some people have faith in the government more than they have faith in God. But this morning, I want to encourage you to have faith in God. Don't have faith in me. That wouldn't be your foundation. See, in the 80s, many people had faith in many famous preachers. 
you know, we have faith, and I'm not going to mention their names. You know, we have, you know, we watch them all the time. We send in money, you know, and we just love those famous preachers that can preach, you know, big ministry, satellite, the whole thing. We have great faith in preachers, not in God. How do I know that? Because one by one, all those preachers started to fall. And they started to slip away, commit sin, and being found with prostitutes, the whole thing. You know, uh, 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 misuse church money and offerings and so forth. And what happened? One by one, Christians start giving up on God. Do you know why? Because their faith was not on God. Their faith was in the preacher. These days, a lot of people, they say that many, many people have left the church. By the way, what they say church, they mean the traditional church. They don't do survey on churches like us. Because we are not considered traditional church, you see. We're not part of any denomination or the recognized denomination. So when they say that people are you know, leaving the church by, 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 you know, in droves, they're talking about those traditional churches. And the reason people are leaving churches in droves is because churches have disappointed them. And the reason they, the church, they, they, they would leave the church because church disappointed them is because they never had faith for generations in God but in the church. In the system of the church. And when you have faith in the system of the church or in church, you are setting yourself up to be absolutely disappointed. What you need to have is a faith in God. Let's move on. Verse 23. For surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain. Everybody say, says to this mountain. Come on, let's do that. That's good. Say, says to this mountain. Do you know that in order for you to have faith, the first thing you need to recognize is that faith works when you start to use your mouth. You have faith in God, and you believe in God. Let's say, for example, you believe in God for healing. Your circumstances will scream at you, telling you that it is not happening. And some of you say, oh, you know, God knows my heart. Yeah, he may know your heart, but for, in order for your faith to work, you got to say it. How many times do you say it? Say it as many times as possible until it happens. Especially when the things around you is so contrary to what you believe. So you say to this mountain, here, the, the, the writer of uh, Mark, you know, he's saying, say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, believe that you receive and it will be done. The first thing you got to do before you do go through any of the exercise of faith is that you need to learn how to open your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, open your mouth. Some of you are not doing it. You're just still looking at the Bible, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, open your mouth. Thank you. You and I need to learn how to open our mouth and confess and say what we believe. Not necessarily, watch this, saying it to people. Because there is a fine line being confessing and open our mouth and say what we believe and being braggadocious. There are people that are going around and just bragging. Oh, God is going to give me a Mercedes Benz. Or he's going to give me a good job and a beautiful wife. Sounds very braggadocious. The Bible never says, say to people. He says, say to your problem. This is your mountain. Say to the mountain. Not to people. 
You know, there's a lot of positive talking going on, right? Oh, you got to talk positive, whatever, that's fine. But there's a fine line between braggadocious and confession. And the reason you need to pay attention to that is because God resists the proud. When there's pride, there won't be a move of God in your life. When there's a pride, there won't be miracle. You can confess to you, your, your faith turned blue. I don't know how that happened, how that happened to confess to the, you know, you, you confess to you, the faith turned blue. And nothing will happen, and you will just look like a fool. What you want is to confess to the situation. Don't even tell people about it. Would you not tell people about it? You know, if, if you believe in, for, believe in God for, for a big home, you know, just say, oh, I believe God's going to give me a big house. Oh, quit it. Say to the mountain, not to your brothers and sisters, say to the mountain, say what it is that you want to believe in God for. What it is you want to believe in God for this year? You want to believe in God that, you know, you're going to have more anointing in a ministry? Go ahead and say, I, you, know, to, to, you know, when you're in your prayer time by yourself, you know, anoint, I believe God's going to give me more anointing. I'm going to have more anointing to pray for people. Last year, I'll pray for people. You know, my, 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 my rate of success is 80%, but this year, I want to go for a rate of success of 100%. You know, you can confess it to yourself. You want to have a better job. You want to have better relationship in your home. Don't go and tell your wife, I'm believing God for a better wife. That you're going to be a better wife for me. Well, don't be surprised she slap you 19 ways to Sunday. I mean, what is this, right? A lot of people go, you know, I'm going to confess, I'm going to confess to my, my husband, you know. Oh, I'm believing in God that you are going to be more sensitive this year. Do you think that's going to help? The Bible never tells us to confess to people. As far, as far as faith is concerned in this, in this application, is to confess to the issues, the mountain. Confess. You know, your faith comes with confession. A lot of people say, God, understand and know my heart. But even salvation, the Bible says you first have to, you not only have to believe in your heart, but you have to confess it. You have to say it. Use your mouth to say it. I was telling a brother, you know, he was, you know, he was believing for God for something. I said, this is what you do. You print out what it is you want, God to, you want God to do in your life. In your private library, just stick it up. And don't look, just look at it. Don't look at it. It doesn't do anything, right? Just don't look at it. But confess it. Confess it. Say it. Say it to yourself. I am going to be a better husband. I am going to be a better wife. I am going to be more handsome by the day, Shandai. <laughs> it's true. Haven't you noticed? It's working, right? <laughs> I look at my older picture, they were ugly, man. But it's working, Shandai, right? No, but yeah, what I was telling him is just, just print it out and then just by faith just confess and say it because Jesus himself told us to say it. Say to this mountain. I just ran out of time. Worship team, can you come out? We're going to continue next week. Lots to talk about about faith. But this is what I want to encourage you to do. When you go home this afternoon, maybe already in your mind, you have a few things in your mind that you want to believe in God for this year. Would you go ahead and write it down? And this week, from this week onwards till we see you next week, is that you start 
saying to the mountains that is in your way, saying to the things that you want God to intervene in your life to begin to say to it. Don't share with people. You don't have to broadcast it on Facebook. Come on. I just saw the other day somebody was, I'm believing you. I was like, you're serious. You're setting yourself up for huge humiliation. Don't say anything. Don't tell anybody. They will see the results. Say. Write it down. Stick it up on the wall. Say it. Friends, I'll tell you, you're going to start seeing supernatural things happening in your life. I'm believing in God that 2020 is going to be a year of mighty, supernatural, miraculous in all of our lives in Jesus' name. But just talking and wishing is not enough. We have to follow the Word of God. Everybody say, follow the Word of God. And the Word of God says, say to this mountain. Yes, the mountain can be moved. You got to say it. Would you please stand?